This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Since 1975, the premier local grocer in Portland. And Chris, why don't we start things off by giving everybody a heads up about uh, things happening next month. Join Zupan's during the month of October for a culinary journey through Japan. Sake tastings, events throughout the month. You can buy tickets online at zupans.com. So write that down. And then expect new items in store, including authentic Japanese Wagyu beef, grab-and-go bento box designed by Japanese food blogger and TV personality Mark Matsumoto, plus a wide variety of brand new products to taste and explore um, from uh, all sorts of different Japanese cuisine products that you can pick up at your local Zupans. Follow along again and get those tickets online at Zupans.com. Also, while you're there, if you're looking to host a holiday event, why not check out the Cellar Z, which is located in the basement of the Burnside store. A hidden gem, as some might say, on a Portland best private dining secrets uh, you can find out more about that at zupans.com slash and then keep in mind some upcoming promotions happening in october uh, the weekend of the 7th and the 9th get 25 percent off signature cuts featuring the double r ranch tomahawk steak porterhouse steak prime new york steak and snake river farms wagyu del monaco steak so all of this coming your way at your local zupans and chris uh, where do we find these locations at any one of three locations you've got west Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, and of course, Zupans.com. All right, here it is, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It is right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures, and I am Court Johnson, co-host, going solo, actually, this week, as we give to you another classic episode of Right at the Fork. And in fact, we're not actually going to go back all that far. This is early summer, June 3rd of this year, episode 315, a classic episode that features Emily Cafazo and Ryan Domingo of Sugar Pine Drive-In out in Troutdale. And the reason why I'm bringing this back so soon is I was aware of Sugar Pine. People are talking about Sugar Pine. Chris has been telling me, Court, you need to go to Sugar Pine. Um, but uh, for me, it just never, never made it on my list. However... About a week and a half ago, my uh, niece Chelsea was uh, in town visiting her first uh, trip to Portland, so we did all the Portland things, and one of those was a trip to the uh, Columbia River Gorge, which unfortunately, we, we went on a Monday. This was the weekend after Labor Day. Went on a Monday. It was still pretty busy. Felt like it was in season. Um, there was a little bit of a marine layer, a cloud layer, so she didn't quite see the gorge the way i hoped she would but uh you know we went to crown point we went and saw all all the waterfalls multnomah falls it was packed um and on the way home we made sure to swing by sugar pine drive-in um right there on the historic columbia uh highway in troutdale and man oh man i wish i had been going there sooner Um, i had one of the uh, best pulled pork sandwiches i've ever had and i had the most delicious watermelon salad that uh, i didn't even know existed. I didn't know you could do such amazing things with watermelon. I'm not a big watermelon guy, um, but it was delicious. So, um, and I had a chance to uh, meet both Emily and Ryan, uh, mainly because uh, if you've been listening to the podcast the last couple of weeks, um, we are the uh, uh, proud parents, my wife and I, of, and I guess my daughters, of a brand new rescue puppy named Leo. 
And uh, uh, for whatever reason, we I decided it was going to be easier for Leo to come with me on the, the this trip with my niece as we did our final day in Portland before taking her to the airport. So Leo came along. So there we are, Sugar Pine Drive-In, um, getting in line and uh, walked up to the counter to order with uh, Leo in our arms. And uh, I apologize to everybody that may have been behind us because I think we shut the line down for almost 10 minutes because he's a cute puppy. And uh, many of the staff there at Sugar Pine Drive-In um, stopped to take a look. So that's where I met Emily. And then uh, Ryan came out and introduced himself. So um, got to know them just ever so briefly because of my puppy, but uh, reminded me so much of this great conversation that uh, Chris had with Ryan and Emily while they were actually on vacation themselves. were out in Hawaii when they uh, were able to hook up with, uh, with Chris for this episode. So again, here is a uh, classic episode of right at the fork three fifteen. Emily Cafazo, Ryan Domingo of sugar pine drive-in and Ryan pointed this out to me. Um, I, I felt like there was a good lunch crowd there, but he pointed out, they have now entered the slow season of the year. And so everybody stop what you're doing this fall. I guess you can go there even in the winter, but stop what you're doing and put sugar pine drive in, um, on your, on your, uh, list of things to go and, uh, and experience. I believe they're closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Go to their website. We've got that in the show notes so you can get that for sure. But, uh, I highly recommend it now that I can officially say that. And I highly recommend this classic episode of Right at the Fork. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. Go to PortlandFoodAdventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angelus leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. PortlandFoodAdventures.com All right. This would be, I believe, the first time we have had podcast guests on from uh, a time zone on the other side of us who got up very early to do this. I assume you weren't up much earlier. It's 7 o'clock in the morning for you, Ryan and Emily and in Hawaii. So thank you so much for taking a little time out of your well-deserved and uh, pretty rare vacation, I understand. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having us. Um, definitely a rare vacation. But I have to say, we really love what you guys do on this podcast. It's one of the very few that we listen to. 
um, love listening to a lot of different like local chefs talking about what their experiences are, especially in the last couple of years. So it's been really helpful just listening to these episodes that you've created with Court and just thanks for doing this. Oh, I appreciate it. Now we're all done. That's the best news I've heard all day. So, no, I, I, it's great to hear that you're actually listeners. So uh, thank you so much. That doesn't always happen, and it doesn't certainly open the podcast with that information. So, uh, and, and I will say this. I love what you do, and I have wanted to talk to you for a long time. So when this opportunity came up, through the book that you're, that you're participating in, I was... I was delighted and thought, oh, good. Now we can finally find a way to uh, get them on the podcast. So um, what you're doing is unbelievable. I'm also not only a fan of exactly the sugar pine and exactly what it feels like when you go there and the excellent food, but I'm a fan of yours because you all decided to move to the gorge at some point and then build your business around that. I think that's great because there is a kind of a provincial mindset in Portland and I think it's going away after the pandemic that Portland is all there is. Southeast Portland and Northeast Portland and Northwest Portland. It isn't and you've proven that with Sugar Pine. I, I agree. Um, there was a when we first moved out to Corbett in the Columbia River Gorge we were curious too. We were like if we we saw this cute little um, building on the side of the Sandy River that used to be a snacks and tackle shop, and we always uh, just drove by it, and we're like, what if we did something there? What if we put something in there? Like, would people come? Would it be everything we thought it would be? And um, we just took a gamble, and uh, I think it really paid off. It's real. Why don't we, for the uninitiated, because there are a few, Tell them a little. Tell us a little bit about Sugar Pine and what makes it different and what it's all about. Sure. Yeah, happy to, to take that on. Uh, Sugar Pine is a renovated 1920s gas station that was turned into a drive-through and concession stand. It's uh, it's set on the banks of the Sandy River in Troutdale, right in the Sandy River Delta. We're all set mile marker zero of the historic Columbia River Highway. We're just set right on the edge of the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. It's a really special place with a lot of history. At Sugar Pine Drive-In, we serve up nostalgic Americana with a twist. That's kind of how we say it. Uh, American comfort food classics with a seasonal spin. We also like to call it uh, farm to drive-in. So what we're doing is sandwiches, salads, soft serve ice cream, and classic refreshments. We use modern technique and some global ingredients to kind of re-envision these beloved American dishes in a sort of a fast service format. Uh, no burgers, fries, or shakes. Uh, everything we serve has a story and was inspired by something from the past. So like a novelty or a classic flavor combination or an old recipe. So it's like drive-in, it's like drive-in with a real Portland, uh, sprinkling Portland all over it because it's not what you would expect necessarily. <laughs> Exactly. We, we knew we were creating a destination restaurant. Um, we're, you know, like we said, we're 25 minutes outside of downtown Portland. We wanted to create something that was unique, that was approachable, that was also a surprise. Um, so, you know, you can see it uh, throughout the menu. We're doing a lot of things that aren't quite necessary with 
the details of the food and it's not what you quite expect when you come into a an old drive-in restaurant but we love that we wanted to give people something different and uh and also sort of uh an homage to the past how much of a gamble was it did you have any idea i mean when i drive by there now or to there and see the lines did you have any idea it was gonna take off the way it did absolutely not it's been a whirlwind we've just been constantly adjusting to try to find a way to manage the volume of people coming through the gorge and coming to the restaurant you know i think uh, in the summers we are serving somewhere between 1500 and 2400 people a day for lunch between the 11 a.m and 5 p.m hours and it's a 600 square foot kitchen it really is just a little old bait and tackle shop actually once was a gas station as well built in the 1920s we started out in 2018 with a staff of five people and now we have usually between 30 and 35 people uh on a shift helping us serve all these people that are coming out here it's it's just astonishing and and that that's they're all in 600 square feet or there is that if that's incredible yeah if you've been to the restaurant you see we kind of spread the front of house uh in quotations you know out into sort of the customer area we've got people working in the parking lot directing customers to parking spaces we've got people like helping tables uh as far as like busing and 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 such out near the tree line we've also got this little cool food truck that serves wine food from my brother darren uh you know that all of a sudden it dawned on me that's something i could do at a restaurant is direct traffic <laughs> that would probably be the only thing i'd be good for um so that so and and it begs the question right now uh with the labor shortage how's that you know you how's that working for you this year and last year how, how did that was that an obstacle for you yeah um you know we're so fortunate to have uh, adequate staffing at this point. You know, we made a really a good push earlier in the year to get staffed up. Um, and, um, you know, we've really spent time in the last few years focusing on a lot of things that were going to help us uh, recruit and maintain a great staff. Um, it's one of the areas we think that we are uh, succeeding in. And I think for us, like the most important thing day in and day out is like the culture of our restaurant. You know, last year we saw during the pandemic sort of this just renaissance of like these ideas about what a sustainable restaurant looks like, um, what a toxic restaurant looks like, what uh, chef owners should, how they should behave. And we, you know, really had some time over the last couple of years to re-envision what we set out to do and just focused on lots of little things that we think put our staff first. Um, and um, yeah, maybe Emily can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've really just doubled down and really wanted to focus on um, retaining staff. But even prior to that, we opened Sugar Pine in the, with the intention of creating a different type of restaurant. Um, our hours, they're a little odd. It's like 11 to 5. And that was so that everybody could go home. 
that works for us could like have dinner with their families and have a really sustainable life. And like the maximum anybody can work is like 10 hours in a day. We really just tried to make it a little bit more sustainable for our staff and their families. Well, that's interesting because I was before you said that I was going to say, well, most everybody through the pandemic was trying to figure out how to make it more sustainable and palatable for staff. And then you've got, a, I think, a little different. I wouldn't I don't know if it's a challenge or not, but you're out there. So you in terms of drawing from, you know, the pool of uh, labor in Portland, you can do that, but you know, let's face it, Portland isn't a very big commuting city. Everybody wants to be nearby. Mm -hmm. So, do you have that too, or you know, I have to commend you because I know a lot of restaurants have started out with your intentions or adjusted, but they have still haven't been able to find that sweet spot in keeping people. That's not to say we don't have any turnover. I mean, we do have a few people that have come and gone. Uh, since we started. We do have a lot of people that commute, though, um, whether it's just from northeast Portland. It's like, you know, 20 minutes or less. Um, we also have a lot, you know, like as people are spreading out from downtown, they're they're out in like in the outsides of Portland. We also recruit a lot from the local community. So we have a number of people that live in Corbett or Gresham or Troutdale that work for us as well. We do have a couple of people who are like super dedicated and are driving quite a distance, um, you know, from Lake Oswego. That's, is, a, that's a ways, you know, that's where I used to live and I'd, yeah. go, and I'd go to, um, you know, the park out there, what, Thousand Acres or what did we used to call it? Mm -hmm. Sandy River Delta. I did that yeah. until, my, until my Labradoodle was attacked by a pit bull. And I thought, okay, I'm not driving all this way for that any longer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and when I did that, Sugar Pine didn't exist. So I would have loved to have uh, had a second reason to drive out there from where I was. But, um, so uh, you developed something pretty special and different. And I, I'm sure you knew that going in but still you had that kind of geographic distance from the Portland food scene. But then also you had a connection, you know, you've been connected to uh, siblings in the market and so forth and a lot of positive things going on with social media to help people understand. Um, so in order for that to happen, you two had to have some pretty good chops going in, in terms of how to put this together and recipes and so forth. And then I'm gonna to add to that, that it wouldn't have been possible. I don't really know you two, but I, have, <laughs> I know of you. And I'm sitting here looking at you now and I can, I can get a feel for it, but it would not have been pos possible without the love you have for each other too. I think that is what drives a lot of what, uh, what everybody's able to enjoy at the restaurant. So, Let's talk a little bit about your food pasts that uh, got you to where you are today and were enabled you to, to be able to have the confidence that we can build this and we can build something pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, I grew up in Corvallis, so just a little bit um, south of Portland. And um, my mother was an avid gardener. I was always like out in the garden and I really had a deep connection to fresh produce growing up. 
and I just loved restaurants and I worked like all through high school in restaurants and just decided to pursue a culinary career and um, got my associates at Western Culinary, if you know what that was back in the day. Um, after that, I worked at Andina and Gotham Tavern. And then when that closed, um, I retained close ties with all the chefs from there. Um, so like Tommy Habits, Jason Barakowski, Naomi Pomeroy, Gabriel Rucker, uh, Eric Van Clay were, um, they were all in management positions at that restaurant and I'm Naomi owner. Um, and so I worked at Beast for a long time. When that opened, I helped open Toro Bravo after I took a long trip to Spain. And, um, I've never heard of any of these places. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, no. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Every place you mentioned is deeply rooted in our Portland food scene and things have changed so much that there are people, if they just moved here, they're not going to know. You know, there are plenty mm -hmm. of people yeah. who will know wh who those people are and what those places are. But I'm a little sad that a lot of people aren't going to know, you know, the newer folks. And that's okay. Things change. But that's incredible, yeah. that list of places that you just read off. That is a list of the iconic Portland restaurants that built this incredible food scene. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm just impressed with, I didn't know all those, all that you were at all those places and helped open such incredible places. Yeah, I feel really blessed. Um, I've. I, I always used to joke, it's like three, three degrees of separation from Gotham, like <laughs> in the Portland restaurant scene, how it used to be for quite a few years. And then, um, but after that, uh, Ryan and I met at a rooftop pool party in Brooklyn. He was living out there um, and he made these incredible sliders. And I, I tried one and I was like, oh my God, who made this? And that's how we met. <laughs> Uh, we did long distance for a while before I moved out to Brooklyn and um, worked at Roberta's as a kitchen manager. And Ryan was managing Pock Pock, and I'll let him tell more about his history. Yeah. So wait a minute, when you're talking about Brooklyn, yeah, you're not talking about Brooklyn, Portland area. You're t so I'm just curious how this all worked out because I knew, I certainly know Ryan, your brother, Matt. Mm -hmm. who was Portland, so how did you end up in Brooklyn and Emily happened to go out there to have cheeseburgers by this guy who's got Portland connections? How did that work? Yeah, it's uh, taking me back thinking about it, but um, 2008, I lost my job in advertising. I was working uh, as an account executive for like doing some jobs for Nike and Adidas. It's kind of we have something in common, my friend. I've lost a few jobs in advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's a fun time. Um, now, I was re-envisioning what my life would look like, and I always knew that I, I wanted to do something in food. I was just kind of wasn't sure how to do it. So um, I applied at a coffee shop, and then I started working at a, a counter-service brewery called The Lucky Labrador. Uh, which solidified my love for counter service. Shout out to Gary Geist, good guy. Um, was there for probably a little over a year, but worked my way from dishwasher to assistant manager within the course of about six to eight months. 
Um, and then I kind of had this idea that I wanted to, you know, cut my teeth in fine dining. So, um, or try to work for the food network, which was my big plan, but didn't work out, made my way out to Brooklyn, New York, and, um, opened a few different restaurants out there. Um, one of them being, uh, Pock Pock and Red Hook, uh, got to work with, uh, Andy Ricker, uh, during a time of crazy growth for that company. Um, and it was just a huge learning experience for me. Um, really exciting. Uh, just this hand-built restaurant that was uh, like nothing I'd ever seen. It took so many people to execute that menu at that such a high level. I mean, we were serving all kinds of crazy celebrity chefs, uh, three-hour wait in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, you know, the south of Brooklyn. And, you know, it was just really fun. And, and uh, you know, got to work with a great service manager there, uh, Matthew Adams. Um, and just learned so much. But yeah, I was throwing a 4th of July party um, for the staff and Emily was a friend of a friend and was visiting and somebody said, hey, you gotta meet this girl. Uh, she was on Iron Chef America with Naomi Pomeroy. And I was just like, all right, I gotta, I gotta talk to her, so. Did, did Portland come up? I'm sorry to keep saying that, but I'm just trying to make this connection. Did uh, did Portland come up in the conversation? Like, you had to meet this girl from Portland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there okay. were some people that were at Pock Pock that were, you know, co co-workers that were from Portland. And we made that connection uh, right away. Um, we spent a little bit more time in New York. Like Emily said, she moved, started working at Roberto's. I worked at Roberto's for a little bit as well in and, and, and mobile catering, did a stage over at 11, 11 Madison Park for a little little while and then um we started talking about what what uh we really wanted to do and we always knew that moving back to portland uh had to be a reality for us we loved just the community here um also the access to great food great ingredients we knew that we wanted to build a food business together eventually we never thought it would be a restaurant but we also really know we wanted to live and build a business in the Columbia River Gorge. It's just our favorite place. Yeah, so we came back and started a catering company and did a ton of weddings and um, just other events. We would do events for like 10 people and just like make these crazy curated fine dining experiences. Um, it was it was fun. It wasn't very lucrative at the time, but um, when we opened Sugar Pine, part of our business plan was just to have a catering kitchen in the location that was a little bit closer to home. And um, I think in our business plan, we were like, well, if we sell, it was like 20 sandwiches a day. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just silly like we we're like then we'll make it i guess i mean we'll we'll be okay and then it just took off from the first weekend we opened there was a line like out the door around the corner we just had um ryan's brother matt my brother jackson my mom kathy uh, for the first weekend, it was that was it. It was just the five of us just sweating, and so we immediately like called our catering staff and we're like, "Hey, can you guys come?" And we just like really opened it like on a shoestring and a wish. 
So, and so after, was, I would <laughs> love to have been a fly on the wall after that first weekend when you both looked at each other and said, what the fuck? What do we yeah. have to do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our friends would come in and just see like the terror in my eyes and be like, can I help? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, put on the apron. <laughs> Let's go. So you must yeah. have sold out, right? Because you were thinking if we could sell 20 sandwiches and then boom. I don't know how many it was that first weekend, but it had to be crazy. Yeah. Well, since we were used to doing catering, I don't think we sold out of anything. We were like ready for large numbers just in case. Um, and we're like really well accustomed to doing large uh, production. So, um, yeah, it, we just like didn't sleep very much for the first month. Tell you for the first much. couple of years. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, are you sleeping yet? <laughs> yeah, well, we're on vacation uh, for for the first time since the pandemic. Uh, we we decided that um, things had calmed down enough that we were able to take uh, ten days away from uh, the restaurant and our team. And we're just like we said earlier, we're really trying to model that good behavior of taking care of yourself and your mental health and just creating a really safe space. And so if if we don't do it, then nobody else will. So um, just trying to model that as well. Well, 10 days is a, good, is a good model, right? Because it doesn't become sustainable until you don't have to touch it every minute. So yeah. when you know you can get away for 10 days, uh, then someday you know you can get away for a month, um, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that, but you know, that's something that a lot of people in the industry don't don't work towards they don't realize it and they don't get there eventually i mean that's why a lot of people i think this pandemic was a reset for a lot of people was it a reset for you um i don't i'm guessing it didn't affect you too much because your you know your clientele your customers are outside right you didn't have as many issues to deal with as as many other restaurateurs i mean i i think we definitely had challenges, but I think the restaurant was poised to be um, able to survive. Um, the pandemic uh, just offered up so many different challenges, but just being an, an all outdoor seating restaurant, I think it gave it some, some comfort um, for our guests, um, just being able to eat outside in the fresh air. We That's also were sort of a destination it. restaurant as well, where you know, people could drive out of the city and feel like they were just, you know, almost, almost on vacation, you know, just like taking a, a retreat out to this, you know, sort of natural space with a little restaurant on it. And I think that made people feel really good. We yeah, also no, were... That's, uh, we, we saw it out on the coast too. Everybody was getting out of town and that was their vacation. That was it for the day or the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also just being able and set up to do high volume takeout was something we were already doing. Um, and so, you know, we added an online store, we reduced our hours from, you know, we were doing 11 to seven originally and then we took it back 11 to five because it was just like, everything was taking such a toll on us. We really did a lot of things to just make it easier on us, easier on our staff and really thought about, okay, well, what, why are we just chasing more and more and more? Why don't we refocus 
and figure out how to make this work in the long term. So that's what we did. And your lives too, not just the business being sustainable, <laughs> but your your lives. And I think that is pretty cool that you did some thinking about that, and uh, and and your your employees benefit by that too. That yeah. that mindset. Yeah. All right, Chris, let's just pause a moment here, talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. You know, I just had the good fortune to be on the Snake River with Chef Jonathan Gill from Ringside, and uh, boy, that was fantastic, and he served up a little bit of Wagyu and some culottes and some incredible corn that's available on their menu as a side dish. So that was a lot of fun. You can go to, uh, I think, Portland Food Adventures. Uh, Instagram and check out a couple of the images from there. But I will say the couple of nights before we went, my friend and I went to ringside and um, I wanted him to enjoy the best steak he's ever had. Um, And we asked Chef Jonathan to suggest which one of the three options for Wagyu steak we should have. And there's a A4 olive-fed um, Wagyu available on their menu. It's, it's a premium price, of course, but it's worth it because it may just be the best steak you've ever had. And, and as I said, Jonathan served some Wagyu on the river, and we had quite a few people who were regular customers of Ringside who said that was, that was the best steak they've ever had. So that's my suggestion. Um, treat yourself to one of the three options on the menu for Wagyu at, at Ringside. Yeah, definitely one of the reasons why Ringside Steakhouse is Portland Steakhouse for over 78 years. And we should mention, you know, they've gone through some different changes over the past couple of years uh, because of the pandemic, but now open seven days a week back to the way it was. And you can get the uh, full list of uh, hours and schedule your next reservation on their website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. And, you know, we, we should be honest, Chris, in the waning days of summer, take advantage of that patio dining out there under the tent. I think we should be emphatic as, in addition to honest. And yes, get out there and enjoy that, uh, the outdoor air at ringside because uh, it's still open. You can check on their website or call when you make a reservation to see if they have tables still outside. And of course, they're serving in the bar as well. So that's a great option. Lots of options at ringside. And of course, they've gone out of their way to make sure everything is healthy and uh, air is circulating and uh, ringside it's a great choice very nice so as i mentioned reservations at ringsidesteakhouse.com or just make it through the open table app one of the things i wanted to talk about was the gorge and your love for the gorge because you were drawn there you moved there what are some of the, uh, the things that you still get to do that you enjoy or some of the things you really enjoyed before you, were, you started Sugar Pine that you'd like to get back to out in the gorge? Are you, are you spent a lot of time on the river, on the mountain, uh, you know, in the Mount Hood area? What's, what's the deal? Yeah, we do a ton of hiking uh, with our dog, uh, just checking out the waterfalls. It's so great. Um, you know, everybody refers to the Columbia River Gorge as like Portland's playground and um, before and after the Eagle Creek fires. I felt like that was like a huge talking point. But, 
There is so many activities in our neighborhood. It's it's pretty out, outstanding. Um, there's a lot of resources on the Mount Hood and Columbia River Gorge tourism site, which um, we just worked with them on this uh, cookbook where we contributed. Um, our recipe was um, part of our Larch Mountain Sunday, which is a signature that we have at Sugar Pine. It, it pays homage to um, Larch Mountain, which is uh, one of our favorites for hiking and foraging. It's beautiful and up so, there. I, I made it to the, I drove up to the top yes. once, and it's pretty incredible. So, uh, it's, it's something that does, beautiful. Yeah, it does something that doesn't leave your psyche once you've been there. So, as soon as I saw that you're that you were named at Larch Mountain, it automatically conjures up positive things. Yeah, our, our catering company was called Larch Provisions as well um, when we used to do large um, catering events. So we also wanted to tie that in, but it's, um, there's so much to see. There's so many farms. You like drive past lavender fields, you see beehives. There's tons of flowers and greenery. There's conifers and pine trees. Um, it's just like rocky boulders all the way up to that drive is just stunning. Um, you pass Blueberry Farm. So we really wanted to tie all that in into one Sunday. So we do like a vanilla chocolate swirl with blueberry lavender sauce pine nut honeycomb crunch and then um these like really awesome chewy uh delightful brown butter blondies uh to serve as like the rocky component and um in our sunday it's we we try to touch on texture a lot with our f food so that it's like really that experience, so like the crunch of the pine nut honeycomb crunch, the smooth richness of the ice cream, the like chewiness of blondies. So um, if you ever wanna check out that recipe, it is um, in a free downloadable book that's available in both English and Spanish. You can uh, digitally download it at www.hood-gorge.com. Um, and within that, um, there's a lot of other resources just for visiting and touring the gorge just at that same website. So really check it out if you want to come check out our neck of the woods. And also, aren't there some other recipes too from some other chefs and restaurants in the, in the area as well? Yeah, some of our favorites. I think there's a pizza on there from uh, the folks over at Solstice in Hood River. A cherry, a cherry pizza? Yeah, looks amazing. We love those guys. We're always so, talking, talking to them. So I've been, I've been going to Double Mountain all these years for pizza because I love it, and that's pretty close to my roots in New Haven. But you're telling me I, I, need, to, I need to divert and... Well, I don't know if you're telling me that, but this book is telling me I need to go try a cherry pizza. Ooh, I don't know if I want to say that. Uh, all the pizza in Hood River is fantastic. But, oh, um, go. yeah, we've got a, we've got a collaboration <laughs> cider as well from Double Mountain that we've got on tap exclusively at Sugar Pine. So definitely uh, go well, to Double listen, Mountain. All I was saying is I need to go somewhere else <laughs> once in a while. I yeah. still love Double Mountain with all my, I've been up. Listen, I'm in Manzanita, and I've been here eight years. I've probably been to Double Mountain 20 times. 
in that period of time. So yeah, no, it's a it's a worthy destination, and it's where I stop all the time. But at any rate, all I'm saying is there are some other things up there because I can tend to get single-minded. Oh and yeah, it's nice to get new suggestions. Yeah, there's uh... solstice. It's right on the the river too. Um, it's on the Columbia in front of like this park, and you can watch the windsurfers. It's a real experience as well. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And there's also the uh, what's the name of the fish place in um, uh, that's in the book as well. I'm trying to think of uh, Cascade Locks. in Cascade Locks. Yes. What is the name of that? That's Brigham Fish Market. They have a really cool recipe for some salmon meatballs. Why didn't they call them salmon awesome fishballs? That's when I saw that. I was like, it should be fishballs. I guess there's, there's fish meat in there. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, how was that working? So is that uh, when, when you, when did the author, did the publishers come to you about that? Did you have a hard time deciding what recipe you wanted to use, or did you immediately say, this is the one? This is the one we're going to do. Um, the, the authors, um, Lizzie from Hood Gorge, is, uh, she's a regular at our restaurant, and um, we've known her for quite a while. So um, when she approached us, we were delighted to be included. Um, we really love everything about the gorge um and there's so much to see and do whether you're like taking a leisurely drive on the fruit loop and checking out all the apple farms and cherry farms and like mountain view orchard is out there which is beautiful there's there's it's just stunning vistas wherever you go um between Proutdale and hood river and uh, the surrounding um, and so we were really excited. The reason we just thought to include the larch was because it really ties to our uh, area of the gorge, which is Larch Mountain and the Sandy River. We haven't come up with a Sandy River Sunday yet, but we're working on it. We're workshopping it. I think it's, uh, for me, it would have to be something that's got something to do with dogs. That's the word. I, I mm. you know, my, my dear dog, Oakley, you used to spend a lot of time in the Sandy River. So, by the way, I noted, I was looking at your Instagram, we both lost 17-year-old dogs last year around mm -hmm. the same time. Um, mm -hmm. And you have another dog now, too. Did you, is that mm -hmm. a dog that you, did you, did your dog learn from, was it, uh, your dog's name was uh, Elijah or Eli? Eli? Mm-hmm. Eli. Did um, your did yeah, your bird dog do a lot of learning? I, I am a big proponent of how that worked out because I saved myself a lot of anguish uh, and got a wonderful dog out of it. The dog benefit, Kodak now, benefited from it too. So I'm just curious to hear your experience. Yeah, we got, we got our dog uh, June um, six years ago to keep Eli young. Um, he was starting to get a little bit, um, having a harder time walking and stuff. And it really just revived his spirit. He's, he's such a, a, a cherished member of our family, even still. Um, but, uh, I don't know if June learned very much from him. <laughs> She's kind of her own spirit, but, um, 
Nonetheless, they're both wonderful But dogs. Eli, if my math is correct, was around another five years after after that five or six. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my Oakley, we had, I was trying to plan it with when I thought we were maybe a year or two away. You don't know. And we mm-hmm. got a, we, three years of joy out of him. And, yes, I understand where he's still part of your family. Uh, I'm still posting in my memories feed on Facebook. He's still there every day. So I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm st- he's still with us in many ways. So, sorry for your loss, Chris. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's hard for us to talk about too. Um, but you know, it's just hard to have a, it's hard to have pets when you, you know, run a restaurant. I, I, I can't, I don't know why we did it. Um, uh, but we we did our best, um, and uh, we created a place that's dog friendly too, which we love. Um, so if you've ever been to Sugar Pine, you'll, you'll notice just dogs running around everywhere. Um, it's pretty fun for us. Uh, I don't know if it's fun for everyone, but um, apparently dogs like to eat ice cream too. So we serve these things called pup cups that people buy a lot for their dogs in the drive through or at the walk-up window. And um, that's a fun, it's a fun sight. Uh, we joke that we're mostly a dog restaurant at this point, but... Uh, it's, it's well, they're better customers. They don't. They'll never leave you a shitty Yelp review. <laughs> you know, uh, and they're very appreciative. You know, you know they're loving everything. I think uh, one of your previous guests, uh, uh, Bill Oakley, he hit us in our first six months of being open, actually, and uh, he was in this phase of really. He really loved. He was going for the negative on us, um, which I think you know a lot of it was truthful. Uh, we really didn't know what we were doing at that time, but um, but it was it's fun to see him on the uh, on the podcast with you too. Yeah, well, that was a surprise for me. Court took over while I went away, so uh, <laughs> I was interested to hear from him. I didn't know that he had uh, that he had done that. We kind of lost Ryan a little bit there. So Emily, I don't know if you can fill in a little bit about what he what he really said about what Bill Oakley, our guest, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, on the podcast, what he had said. Um, I don't know if I would do it justice. Uh, Ryan and I kind of take on different roles in the restaurant, and he is much more in tune with the reviews. I kind of tune it out. Uh, That's the way I maintain. And I don't read any of the, um, the Yelp or the reviews themselves um when certain issues come up he'll talk to me about it but if there's like a way that we need to improve but ryan has his own opinions on yelp reviews right well and those things are gonna those things if you just get an outlier on that you don't have to react to that so it you know and Mm -hmm. you're running a pretty smooth machine there so it's got to be something you hear over and over and over again and that doesn't exist i would imagine i'm not reading your reviews but i would imagine ryan is catching that if it were ever to happen pretty soon in the ball game Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah uh save yourself some time don't read our reviews um uh it's it's uh it's a deep dive (laughs) <laughs> well, sometime it may be interesting to see, but I always believed you gotta you gotta throw out the top and the bottom. It's like diving, uh, 
scoring dives uh, or swim dive meets. You got to throw out the top and the bottom and look at the meat, and it's it's all going to be there. Ryan, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your family. Uh, how many brothers do you have? Yeah, I've got three brothers, four of us total. We um, four total. So I know I know Matt, but I, I've kind of heard about others too, and I then found out about you after I knew Matt. So. Um, yeah. you all have good connection to food. How did that happen? Yeah. You know, when I was working in advertising, Matt was, um, he was doing his thing at Park Kitchen. He was working the line with Will Preish and, uh, a couple of the other guys, um, old timers there, uh, RIP, by the Will, way, who's now love added, that restaurant. Who's now, now out at Abbey Road Farm, just so that people know. Yeah. Because not everybody knows who Will Price is. They should. They should. They, they should. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and I had always been interested in food, but just didn't know where, where I would land with it. Um, Matt is more like the marketing genius brother. My twin brother, John, works in finance. He's like a CFO of a nonprofit company here in Portland. Uh, Darren uh, is another food guy, so he is the head chef of Depine Grinds, which is our food truck just adjacent to the drive-in, um, which I can't say enough good things about. Darren is really crushing it over there. It's been open for, you know, on and off for over a year, um, but just reopened for the summer, uh, spring and summer, and he's just, the food he's putting out of there is just astonishing to me. So um, really happy to see him doing that. These are some classic Domingo family recipes that, um, We've always wanted to see served, you know, on uh, on the big stage, I guess, and uh, it's it's just really fulfilling to see that happen. But yeah, we we. So uh, am I? I don't mean to. I don't mean to presume, but did your family come from Hawaii? Because that's what you're doing in that truck. And when you say classic family recipes, let's assume that's where it was coming from. Yeah. Um, Long story, but I'll keep it short. My grandfather was born in Ilocos Norte in uh, the Philippines, and he moved to Kauai, and my dad was born there in Keikaha. It's one of our favorite places to visit here. And um, uh, then my dad and, and uh, my grandfather and the family moved to Orange County, then found their way up to the Bay Area. And um, yeah, me and my three brothers were born there in Los Gatos. But just made our way to Portland. We all played soccer at the University of Portland, actually all at the same time. Um, wow. So that was a really fun journey. And we all got our business degrees there. And uh, except for Darren, Darren moved back to the, the Bay. But uh, we kind of just all came back to Portland finally. My parents were up here too in Lake Oswego. Wow, that's very cool. I'm feeling like Henry Louis Gates a little bit. I'm uh, discussing how you two met. I don't know if you've seen Finding Your Roots, but I kind of enjoy that. Um, mm -hmm. That is that, That's great, and you're all still close. That's, uh, that's pretty cool to hear. And I know Matt just had, Matt's life has changed a little bit in the last year, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so Matt has a, uh, a daughter now and um we have we're so blessed we have um four nieces and one nephew between all the brothers and grandma domingo lives up here too i think she just celebrated 92 wow is that right yeah. i think so 92 
I don't even know if this is politically correct anymore, but is Grandma Domingo looking at you two saying, <clears throat> excuse me, is it all restaurants <laughs> for you and dogs? Or, uh, you know, are, are you able to even think about that? And is that, it's none of my business. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to ask that. You can't ask that on a job interview, right? This is not a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, yeah. we had big ideas at one point. Um, in that regard, uh, and then we we've got a staff of thirty employees, and uh, realized that these were our kids now. And um, who knows? It's not off the table. No pun intended. Okay. Well, no, that's good. And I was I was gonna say your staff are your kids, and you're taking good care of them. So that's great. So let's um, talk. I'll just I want to, you know, you two, as I said have deep roots in the food scene. So you must have some favorites that are still around where you like to go when you have a moment. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the places that you like to go? We always like to hear those. That's what I've been doing for 12 years, is hearing the people who know talk about where they like to go. Sure. Yeah. Emily, you go for it. Oh, I would just say my favorite right now, um, we we spend a lot of time in Montevilla uh, eating, and uh, Lazy Susan is the number one for us. Yeah, Andrew and Nora there, uh, just doing amazing, you know, neighborhood comfort food, super approachable, really delicious high-end. We went to eat in an Astral pop-up recently. That was amazing as well. Can't say enough good things about Astral. Johnny and Lauren there, fantastic. Uh, Gato Gato. Uh, we really miss eating pock pock food. I can't say it enough though. Golly, I, I wish that was yeah. still there. Well, you're gonna have. You, you might have to go to Thailand and just have him <laughs> drive you to places that are like that. But so any. So were you done with your list? Uh, no, I've got some others. Uh, we love going to Good okay. Coffee in Troutdale. If you guys haven't been to the new location there in downtown Troutdale, Good Coffee. Mm -hmm. The Purvis Brothers, Sam and Nick, doing amazing things for for the West Columbia Gorge. So we're happy to have those folks uh, just a stone's throw from the drive-in. We also, whenever we get a chance, we're headed to Cascade Locks to go to East Wind Drive-In. Uh, just a little family run spot there. One more, one more time, you you cut out a little on that, so let's make sure we hear it. Yeah, East Wind Drive-In in Cascade Locks. East, uh, classic burgers. East Wind. Uh, you know, fries, shakes, salsa, ice cream. Uh, we love that sort of uh, nostalgic visit there. It's someplace we used to go to in college as well, so we love that place. Nice. I think that's a pretty good list. I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, how long are you spending in Hawaii? And uh, I, I assume that your kids back at the restaurant are looking forward to your, your return. <laughs> um, yeah, we just have a couple more days here. Um, and then we'll be headed back on Thursday. Uh, we do miss our team back at the restaurant, but they're doing such a great job. It's been a really busy week because it's been in the high 70s um, or mid 70s in, in Troutdale, at least uh, this last weekend. So they were they were really busy, but they didn't run out of anything and they did a great job. So um, we're 
super proud of them. And it, it's nice to know that, like, we don't have to be super involved all the time. <laughs> how often are you checking in? I'm curious as to how, uh, how you're able to just enjoy yourself and relax without thinking we need to know what's going on. Or do you only hear when there's a, a little problem, do you get a message on that? They are keeping us out of the problems. Um, they're just problem solving themselves, which is really helpful. Um, they do. We do read like the shift log every day, um, and that way we can just check in, but not be overbearing either. So that's really nice. I think everybody's appreciating it. I've been checking Especially in quite you. a bit more than Emily, but uh, yeah, I won't. I won't <laughs> say more than that. <laughs> Well, well, you have the system. You have the system down. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, I just lo I had a thought. I'm going to mark this, and uh, lost my train of thought there. Where I wanted to just I, I want to let you go. I want to release you. So I wanted to have a segue. Oh, I know what it was. Good. Um, so we know you're busy and you're crowded. Do you have a suggestion for our listeners as to maybe the best times to come and maybe what they might want to, some, some special things that you recommend um, that they order as well? So uh, are there times to go where they, there might be a less of a, a line than others? Well, one really cool thing we have is um, we have an online ordering system. So um, you can skip the line and order online uh, at ordersugarpine.com. That usually gives you the best indication as to how long the wait is as well, because it'll give you a specific time when the food will be ready. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I would definitely suggest that the only thing ice cream you can't order in advance because obviously ice cream is a made to order thing um so you do have to do that in person uh through the drive through or in the line um but yeah i would just suggest that it gives you the best idea because it does fluctuate and uh definitely based on weather and sunny conditions it takes a little bit longer mm -hmm. um but uh come anytime it's a it's beautiful you can walk down to the beach if you're have a longer wait or uh check out glen auto park which is just adjacent to the building uh there's lots of like beautiful things nearby and like you said you could go to thousand acres or do some other hikes as well yeah and chris i just want to say uh you know, we're so grateful to the local community and the Portland community and the rest of the Oregon community for supporting our business and coming out to the drive-in. It's really like we've been in the middle of nowhere out here just kind of like hoping for people to continue coming. We feel really grateful um, that we've received the support that we do. Um, we're open Thursday through Monday from 11 to 5. Thursdays, Fridays and Mondays are a little bit more manageable. But we always just try to let people know to um, embrace the line. You know, it's like part of the experience. You're out right on the river, um, just sort of enjoying this uh, experience that we try to put together. And um, I think it's fun, even if it's busy. Well, no one should really be in a rush when they go out there, right? So they're, they're going out there. There's nobody that's going to be, I got to get out of here soon. If you're coming out to Sugar Pine, you're, you're in that mode. You're in a, a more relaxed mode. And so I think 
I, I agree with you, and I think the fact that you ha you're able to order online satisfies the people like me who sometimes want to just get out and go do what we want to do. So th that is fantastic. So all the particulars, uh, Instagram, website, all that stuff, share that, and then uh, we'll let you go enjoy your morning in, in uh, Kauai. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. Um, check us out at... Uh, on Instagram at Sugar Pine Drive-In, same for Facebook. Um, also, go to our our, our website, Goods. Uh, sorry, SugarPineGoods.com, and check out all of our retail sauces. They're also now available at tons of retail stores in the local area. We've got our signature Sunday sauces, our miso caramel, honey hot fudge, blueberry lavender sauce for sale, and now we're also launching our uh, flagship barbecue sauce at New Seasons in the coming week. Uh, it's called Sweet Smoke Barbecue Sauce. We also have what's called a Northwest Wonder Rub Barbecue Spice that we're selling exclusively at this point from the drive-in. Just an all-purpose barbecue seasoning with wild mushroom powder, good coffee, uh, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir grapes, cocoa, tons of herbs, and classic barbecue spices. It's awesome. Wow, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. Thank you for that. Heads up. You know, also, I was going to say, I pay, I pay attention to what Food Dude does, right? So he's how I first learned about the fact that there was a food scene in Portland. And I saw him discover Sugar Pine and go there like three days in a row uh, when he did. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. But I'll tell you one thing. Of all places that have opened, there have been a, lot of, a few places that opened that have had a buzz. But in the last four or five years, I don't think... You know, if you're going to rate the places that had a buzz on social media, I have, I think you, it would be safe to say Sugar Pine was uh, up there at the top uh, all along. So um, thank you so much, both of you. I really appreciate your, your stopping in at seven in the morning, your time, um, which probably is a record for anybody doing the podcast in terms of how much out of the way they went. <laughs> So both of you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll look forward to saying hello in person. If you're out at the coast, and you're always welcome out here too. We have opportunities. So uh, if you're out at the coast, love to say hi. But I really appreciate it. And I want to thank you again for being listeners. That's something we, we appreciate too. Eight years we've been doing this. So uh, we finally got you on the podcast, finally. So thank you very much. Have a good day. What do we say out there? What, what, what is the Hawaiian? What should I be saying in Hawaiian right now to you? Aloha. Aloha? Yeah. Well, aloha, yeah, but isn't it, is that a goodbye as well? Yes, it is, I guess. It but is. There's something else. There's something else that I have heard that indicates have a great day or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm unaware. <laughs> I am, obviously. So um, thank you so Thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate being yeah, here. Yeah, it was our pleasure. All Thanks. right. Uh, my pleasure. Until next time. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right